Hello and welcome to another episode of Interview with a Schizophrenic. I'm your host, Duncan Samuel Singer, and today I have the great pleasure of having Jasper with me. Jasper is 25 from Kentucky and he has a schizoaffective disorder, a depressive type. Uh, so welcome to the show, Jasper. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing pretty good since this is Saturday. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, the weekend's always nice. Do you what are you working Monday to Friday or Yeah, I work every weekday and every once in a while we'll have to work on Saturday, but uh I've only had to do that once in the last several months, so that's yeah. good. That sounds good. So what it is, um if if you can give us a summary of your mental health journey from from how it began, um you know, how how you got into the medical system how it all started off, you know, that would be great. You know, you can, it's up to you for how long you talk. Um, and I've got a list of questions I can ask as well. So off you go. Okay. Um, well, there's a lot, um, d- despite the fact that severe mental illness runs in my family, uh, there, we have a lot of, uh, stigma against getting treatment and that has led to a lot of problems in my family over the generations but uh so uh getting treatment was difficult uh because my parents really didn't want me to start doing that uh they were more concerned that i would say something bad about them and they're really concerned with keeping up appearances and uh but anyway so i just my first therapy that I went to was with my college. They had a, a counseling program and I was just feeling really depressed. So, uh, went there. That's where I started. And I did a lot of things behind the rest of my family's back at first. Um, but after I was medicated for a while and things were fine, they seemed to get over it and I didn't have to do it in secrecy basically anymore. Do you think they were just afraid that, you know, it was like a kind of like a fear emotion of what they expected would happen if, you know, if you started being completely honest about your mental health and how it happened? Well, um, in my honest opinion, I feel like they had some guilt because uh, I'm uh, I'm adopted by my grandparents' sister, so like my great aunt, and uh, I went through a lot of crap before that uh, from my biological mother when I was little, and so there was a lot of uh, trauma there, and they always said, "Oh, you." you don't need therapy or anything because you're fine now. We've raised you well, like you shouldn't have any trauma, things like that. It's just not how it works. But they, I really think that they would just feel bad if uh, they, they just didn't want to face like how bad things were. Yeah. That's understandable. Yeah. Um, You know, I mean, like with, Schizoaffective, with it, it's kind of like a hybrid, hybridization of bipolar and schizophrenia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these kind of psychotic conditions are still very much misunderstood, yeah. um, and they still, you know, if you if if you tell someone 
you can get varying degrees of reactions. Um, so it's, it's such a strange one because it's just at the end of the day, it's a medical condition. Yeah. It's not a, it's not a criminal record or something. Do you know what I mean? It's not a, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that they were all, they were also probably a bit afraid of the system. Like maybe if, maybe if I said something that was too bad then that, that the system might take me away or something. And that happened before, uh, I I have a inherited uh, schizophrenia from my biological mother, and it started with my biological grandfather. Um, so when I was growing up, my adoptive parents, whenever I started acting out or was really upset, they would say oh you're gonna end up like your mother or you're going crazy like your mother you better stop that and that that was really not appropriate uh but there was just a lot of ignorance there yeah i can um i I remember when i was younger and my parents would say you know if i was acting a bit as they would say out of control they would say have you taken your medication Mm. it's kind of like to shut me down and say, you know, there's something wrong with you. Take your medication and it'll be okay. Do you know what I mean? Um, well, that's ironic because than... whenever... Yeah, uh, because... Well, I just find that ironic because... Well, I suppose everyone, everyone who has a like misconceptions about it might take it differently. But um, whenever... Okay, before I was medicated, they would say, uh, you're going crazy like your mother and after i was medicated they would say it's that medication doing that you need to stop taking that medication or get a different medication but i mean they wouldn't know it's not their business but i don't know i i I can't really blame them too much either because they were just they just didn't know you know i don't know i I think um (laughs) you know i've yeah i think i think at the end of the day we come to a place of understanding and acceptance um, rather than rather than judgment because you know I think uh, this this is quite I'm not say common but you know the stigma is so bad and this is what happens you know to even to normal people on the street they don't really understand the medication or the condition or anything, or anything really deep about it. Um, mm. It's quite easy for them to be flippant and to trivialize it um, when when that's the wrong course of action. I think. Um, yeah. Well, I thought maybe they thought if they could scare me or something, they could scare me away from ever developing. Uh, but. Uh, as you probably know, uh, it tends to rear its head when you are early twenties. So, um, I was more depressed than anything. Uh, and part of that was due to the trauma of my early childhood. Uh, so I thought it was just that, but, uh, when I got older, uh, like when I got out of high school and I started going to college, um, these huge changes in uh, 
the status quo, I suppose, were very stressful, I guess. Like on the outside, I felt like I was fine, but I guess on the inside, having those huge changes in your, in your life really mess with you. Um, that's when the first signs started to show. Uh, I, um, one thing that's hard to talk about is that I believe that, um, the internet cause what like played a huge role in everything that's happened. Um, you're, you're not supposed to, you kind of get a feeling that you're not supposed to talk about that because people think you're, they say like, you're a loser if you let the internet affect you. Like you're just not supposed to care. And I don't know. That's just not how it works, I guess. The elephant in the room. Yeah, (laughs) I I suppose it is. Um, So when I was a senior in high school, uh, that's the last year of high school. I was um, getting you. I don't know, things were changing and I just saw this random guy on Tumblr and for some reason something just clicked and I became completely obsessed with him. And I, a part of me saw it as kind of weird. So I didn't, I didn't typically go like too far with it. I mean, in a way. But at the same time, uh, I I didn't I don't know it 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 didn't quite process to me that I didn't know him as well as I thought I did. Um, so th- I believe that this was some kind of erotomania. Um, it's when you have like really excessive like infatuations, crushes, attachments, and you may be under the delusion that the other person feels at least somewhat the same way about you. Like I thought we were friends, but we weren't. And he was, uh, one, one day, uh, I sent him like more of my like deeper feelings and stuff and he was like oh boy we're doing this again listen my friends and i have been concerned because you are acting very strangely and uh you were fine for a while but you're doing this again and something needs to change and that just oh man i have never felt so guilty in my entire life i felt so awful i just said okay, I know what I need to do. And I just deleted my account. And the next day I went with my great grandmother to the grocery store and I felt like I was going to throw up. Like my entire being just felt completely ill. So it, it has this sort of, uh, uh, what's the what's the word? Kind of a psychophysical, psychosomatic. Yeah, psychosomatic <clears throat> sort of thing to it. Um, when I got into college, um, after a little, after like a year or two, 
it happened again. And I was freaking out because I didn't want to, uh, you know, I didn't want that whole thing to happen again. I didn't want to, uh, well, I, I talked about it with my therapists and they said, well, you show some symptoms of autism, like you may just be misinterpreting people's uh, social signals and all that. And I just doubted it because I knew that, well, one thing that I forgot to mention was that when I just developed this infatuation with this random person online when I was a senior in high school was um, we, I, I went to a church camp that summer um, in, I believe it was North Carolina and we went hiking and all that stuff, but it was completely unwelcome, but I just kept my mind just kept looping back to this person i'd see something and i'd be like oh they would like that i mean it just i mean for lack of a better term it just drove me crazy i was like okay i've got to stop thinking about this because this is going to color my entire memory and experience of this for the rest of my life i know that when i look back on this i'm just going to remember this person how i was thinking about them the whole time and i'd have to stop this and i just didn't know how and i i really couldn't there was nothing that i could do yeah i don't know that that's been hard to talk about because again a lot of therapists just don't understand and they think that it's me missing social cues but i just know that's not true you know you know i think um when you get into early adulthood um we some come we sometimes have these strange feelings which we can't explain and i think that's normal part of growing you know that we get maybe they could be powerful feelings you know i had this i had i got i when i was in my early 20s i had powerful feelings which were inappropriate probably which got me into trouble and and you know I think looking back I think that's just part of for some folk that's part of just growing up we go we go through a phase where we have strong emotions and we you know we can't we're not old enough to handle it you know um so I I think um yeah uh, well, so after I got into college, it happened again and I was freaking out because I didn't want to start having these like false beliefs. And so I got to know the person and I was in a discord server with this person for like two years and he was honestly really toxic. Um, there were a lot of people before that who were saying that he was. And uh, I didn't believe it because when you're a master manipulator, you kind of spin everything in a certain way. And that's pretty much what he was. Um, so cut to the future, I guess he gets a girlfriend and I was like, shit, I can't get rid of this absolute obsession. That's just driving me insane. And I, was like, well, now he's got a girlfriend. I was just about to tell him that I had a crush on him. And uh, because it was the last thing that I hadn't tried, 
to put an end to this. And being the complete asshole that he was, he just had to see it in a way that I was like trying to ruin his relationship and blah, blah, blah. But I mean, despite all the. Despite all the disdain he had for people, he would always come to them for, like, help and emotional support, and it was just constantly, like, un unstable. And my current therapist says that it really shows signs of a borderline personality disorder or narcissistic mm -hmm. personality disorder. Um, but he always chalked it up to autism, like, everything was autism. Uh, uh that that's one of the issues I find these days is that people find out that they have one thing and then whenever they have any kind of personality quirk or anything like that, they kind of chalk it up to that thing and it's all becoming confusing. But anyway, that, that part of the story, although people may disagree with me that it was unusual or just not healthy, Although people may disagree with me on that, it was still pretty important to mention because that was a huge factor to um, what would put me in a hospital later. Because um, one thing that he would do is, um, like, I followed him on Twitter, and he didn't follow me back, but so I knew that sometimes... Okay, Whenever we had d these conversations in Discord, he would uh, he would kind of subtweet about like things that we were just talking about, and like anything that he didn't want to tell me directly because it would hurt my feelings. I guess he would just put it out <laughs> in the in public so that I could still see it, and I just it made me mad when he did that, but I just didn't say anything. Uh, I really should have. I should have been like, hey, douchebag, <laughs> shut up. Anyway, um, so that was just a disaster waiting to happen with schizophrenia because he would, I swear he was also looking at my Twitter account sometimes, so that would start paranoid thoughts where I'd be like, God, is he watching my tweets right now? Is he looking at me right now? That's, and because... I would eventually just be like, screw you. I, I can't, I just, I, I don't know. He did, he, I won't get into details cause it's a long story, but he really pissed me off. And so I just didn't want, I kind of saw him for what he was at that point, And I just cut it off. And I was just, ever since then, I was thinking, God, is he watching my Twitter account right now? Because he's really paranoid. He would, uh, he would treat people like absolute dog shit. And then when they, then when they retaliated in any way, he, he would play the victim or genuinely think he was the victim and he would be paranoid about what they would do to him. And so he would keep tabs on them and like watch them and make sure that he, that they weren't about to do something that would hurt his reputation, which is, absolutely messed up <laughs> uh so the, the the paranoid thoughts but I, I was talking to my therapist about it and she said she said you know 
I was surprised that you're schizophrenic, that the, uh, I, she said, I won't diagnose you with schizophrenia, but the fact that those mental hospitals you went to diagnosed you with that was really surprising to me because you always seemed like a grounded person. And I was like, what do you mean by that? And she said, because the first symptom of schizophrenia is typically paranoia and you always seemed grounded and I, I I was just kind of shocked by that but in the back of my mind like I couldn't articulate it at the time but what I was thinking was like what what your personality is has nothing to do with whether you have schizophrenia or not that that's just even therapists like most of them don't know uh, they're really ignorant um, it's like saying it's like saying, man, I don't know how you got diabetes when you always ate so healthy. And it's like, you know, it's like, um, I feel like a lot of them, you know, if you're, if you're wearing terrible clothes, if you're unshaven, if you're unwashed, then that's okay. But if you have a good image, a good presentation of yourself, they will doubt it because you're doing too well. Um, mm -hmm. you know, it's just, it's a very shallow it's a very shallow image of someone with schizophrenia um, because in cause today, in today's world, um, you know, a lot of our, us can just look completely normal. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So carry on. It's like, <laughs> what do you expect us to look like? The, the mad scientist Einstein hair is that way. But then Easter, okay, I was in a, I was in a toxic, um, I just keep getting into toxic relationships because of my upbringing. I mean, there, there's a lot of generational trauma in my family of like, I don't know, abusive husbands, bad relationships, a lot of divorces. So I was with in a toxic relationship with my girlfriend at the time and i didn't i mean of course if you saw it as toxic you would probably break it off but i mean i always made excuses and uh that really stressed me out um so i had the stress of this guy potentially watching me and then that relationship and then also being in college and dealing with all that but also i'm transgender i transgender male and i started uh i had a really hard time getting the treatment that i needed uh i um and also you know being trans in kentucky it I mean, <laughs> is that is that like non-binary or is it different to that? Well, non-binary is um, well, non-binary is a certain type of trans person, but some non-binary people choose not to identify with that for whatever reason. Um, but I would be a binary trans person of female to male, so. Um, Kentucky is, as you 
probably know, a really conservative, like, <laughs> red state. So, yeah. And it it's extremely stressful to be trans in a red state. But also, um, although the voting districts tend to be very gerrymandered and uh, the system is really weighted in a red favor, uh, the place is actually... Well, we were um, right between the North and South in the Civil War, and we kind of flip-flop sides. So we have a long history of being very split politically and uh, being... It's absolutely messed up and unfair to just be who you are, and just because of who you are, you are in the middle of an enormous... uh, like political debate and basically moral panic across the entire country, but especially in a place where it's really politically split and every, you just, whether you want to or not, you're hearing people's opinions about it and about you. And it's, I I don't know. It's just absolutely inhumane if you ask me, but, uh, so the stress of that, was also on me and uh you know i mean when i think about it are you are you vulnerable to aggression from folk or is it or is it just gossip i mean what, what how, how bad is it well i mean i've only ever been physically threatened once but once is too much yeah. <laughs> um so yeah it's mostly social and people talking about you like you're a hypothetical like you're not even there and you're right there (laughs) and they just they just care about being correct in a political debate and they don't they often only care to pretend about whether you're a human being or not but they don't actually care they just want to be right (laughs) uh well anyway um and then Easter of 2021, uh, Easter of 2021, my cat passed away, and it was a. <laughs> he was collateral damage of COVID, and COVID was also another stressor that everyone was going through. Um, he got this um, lump on his neck, and uh, because of COVID, the vet was the vets were only taking uh, emergency cases, and so we just had to wait and wait. And by the time that we finally were able to get him some help, he was just beyond the point of return. And he, I was helping to take care of him, and, well, um, another thing that my therapist doesn't want to diagnose me with, but both mental hospitals said I had was autism, and part of autism is that you tend to be really attached to your pets, and they're like your coping mechanism, and I just, I adored him, he was everything to me. And that was just the thing that, man. Emotional trauma. 
Yeah. Um, so he, he really suffered and he stopped eating and cause I guess it was hard. It was painful for him to swallow. So he starved to death essentially. And it was terrible to watch. Uh, and, um, the day after that, um, we had friends and family come over to the house and basically hold a funeral for the cat. And I don't know that that might seem strange because I've seen some, I saw a video on YouTube once talking about schizophrenia and it said that psychosis is triggered by stress and it, it has to be, it typically has to be an extreme stress, like maybe a family member dying, but not a pet. And that, oh man, just the irony of hearing that it has to be worse than a pet. But I know that a pet was bad enough for me. Yeah, I, I'm not, from what you've told me, you've listed a series of events. So, you know, you've gone through uh, traumatic events. You're, li you're living through you're choosing to live a life which is um which 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 makes you vulnerable so you know i don't, i don't i don't know if we know what causes schizophrenia um but i think there are triggers um and and maybe i i was thinking that the other day that maybe it's our response to a world that we reject you know a world where we reject we and, and we kind of trigger it ourselves mm -hmm. almost. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, so we were at the, the funeral and I don't know, my friends and family were trying to, you know, say more uplifting things and just, over time, I just started, man, I can't remember where it started, but my brother, um, he, I just remember that my brother had to go help out, uh, our cousin and our cousin has been very responsible for his grandmother, uh, and taking care of her and, the, the first illusion I remember occurring to me was like, oh no, we have to tell, we have to tell my brother to get back home because he's, a, he and our cousin are under a lot of stress. And if we don't bring him home, he's going to do something uh, dangerous or stupid that he was going to regret. And so when he got home, I felt really relieved, but... I also felt like the tension of the grief and all that was going on was just too much. And he is a really, he's a very, very emotional person. So I thought I was about to be just overwhelmed with too much emotion. And yeah. so I panicked and I just walked out into my neighborhood to get away from everything and I was just crying and I didn't even put my shoes on. I think I was in my boxer shorts or something. Like I wasn't even wearing pants. 
and uh, I got this feeling that I needed to find something, anything to make me feel better. And so I just started wandering the neighborhood and I, I'd feel like my head was turning somewhere and so I'd walk that way. And I was like, wow, I've got some kind of, I was thinking another delusion, like, wow, I've got some kind of primal thing going on and I'm being led by instinct to something that I need to see or something like that. And so this girl with a dog is out in her front yard and her dog comes to see me and she asks me what's wrong and I say my cat passed away and I said I don't know if this makes any sense but I think he did it for me and I just started I I had this delusion that he was he got sick because there's a lot of yelling and in the house and my my parents and their son are just really they argue a lot um and they always have and i thought that he was he got sick because he absorbed all the stress of the household and it gave him some kind of cancer on his neck and you know um <laughs> i think i think pets cats and dogs um they are kind of emotional uh vehicles in a way they yeah. use them to react to the emotions of the owner yeah or the you know the yeah the, the family members so even though it, it's not really a scientific it, it is something that you can observe i guess yeah there the thing about that is there is some logic to it and i feel like because of that other things started sneaking in like after that, I thought, oh, uh, he wouldn't have been so stressed out if we had let him outside. We stopped letting him outside because he was getting, he was a stray cat before. So if he was always a domestic cat, we wouldn't have let him outside. Letting cats outside is a bad thing. Uh, they destroy the ecological surroundings. Like they made a lot of small animals go extinct and they get hit by cars and other things. and But anyway, um, I had been saying for several months before that, I feel bad for him that he can't go out anymore. We should get him a leash and walk him. And I thought that maybe if I had been more insistent on getting a leash and walking him, then he wouldn't have gotten sick. And just thinking that it was all my fault somehow was just the start of a, just a, an avalanche of delusions. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that was kind of like a trigger. Yeah. Um, Jasper. Yeah. We're kind of coming up to time here. Um, but you know, um, we can have you back for a second episode if you want, and we can complete the story. Yeah, it's it's a really long story, uh, and it did have a lot of uh, background information. In fact, um, I actually got a call from another Redditor who was like a 
an author and he wanted to write a book about this sort of thing, but I had to give him a lot of background information and he said he would see if, uh, if what I was talking about was what he was writing his book about. And, uh, I, I won't go too long explaining this, but, um, I, I, he never called me back and I just feel like, well, everything that happened after that would have been really, really relevant to the book, but everything before that, it, it's just necessary because it explains all the, the delusions that happened after that. So it's just a long story, you know. Why, why don't, um, why don't I kind of, because this is a different part to, um, this is a part, this is a, the second part of your story. So why don't we try and schedule something for August? Um, and have, okay. you, have you come back and we can complete it. Um, Let's do that because uh, yeah, I I think uh, I think this is a it's a good length at the moment. Um, what I want to ask you is, I'm going to play some music. Um, I'm going to tag some music on the start and the end. So what what sort of genre do you want me to 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 add to this episode? Mm. I really like um, alt pop. If you've ever heard of Sophie Zion, she was. Uh... Scottish, uh, so if you look that up, you'll find something. But so, that's also actually relevant to the story. But you'll find out later. So, okay. was it Sophie? It's spelled X E X E O N. Okay. Okay. Cool. You know, absolute pleasure to speak to you, Jasper. Um, it was, I found it very calming your story, is it? Even though. I um your your aura is, is very calming, so that was quite nice. Um, oh, I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, sorry. <laughs> um, so let me let me sort out a second episode for you in August, um, and we can complete the story, um, and that'll be fine. All right. Okay. So thank you very much. Thank you. Bye.